I love the show. I love baking. Uh, I love growing things and baking into things. I thought it would be fun, and it most definitely was. And so what was it like actually taking part in, in the competition then? Taking part in the competition was really exciting. It felt like a huge privilege to have my... Um, baking judged by Mary and Paul. Mary has got a vast knowledge of baking and she's incredibly encouraging of everyone. Um, really interested in what everyone's doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, how they've, why they've planned to do it a certain way. Um, Paul Hollywood pe- plays a bit the grizzly bear on the bake-off, but he is again a hugely encouraging, uh, very passionate baker. He can tell a lot about you from what you bake tell you things you didn't know about yourself um, so it was actually a huge privilege to to have those two evaluate my baking um, tell me what they thought of it so what did Paul kind of reckon about you then uh, via your baking he would tell you things about uh, well he, he basically if you present him with a loaf of, of, of bread he can make an an incredibly accurate assessment of how you've made it um, so he can pick it up and tell tell you if you've used so if they've if the bake-off have asked you to make something with a specific amount of flour a specific amount of water this kind of thing he can he can tell you if you've done that just by picking it up and feeling it he can um he can tell how you've baked something and um, whether you've used steam in, steam in the oven to get the crust how long you've proved it for whether you've done a slow proof in the fridge or a, or a quicker proof what kind of yeast you've, you've used um even um even without him tasting it um, just by looking at the structure and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, actually, and slightly disconcerting, but um, <laughs> really exciting to have someone that knowledgeable looking at, your, looking at what you've produced. And so what's the actual process like for being on the Great British Bake Off? I imagine it's actually quite a, a long time doing it all. The process is a series of small steps, none of which seem that alarming, but actually, once it's all over, you can tend to think gosh, that was quite an extraordinary thing. I can't believe I did that. But it was actually all filmed and kind of finished a little while back, wasn't it? So is it a bit strange seeing it now? It's interesting seeing it now. I obviously have got a good idea what happened. Each episode took quite a while to film. There's loads of really funny, hilarious things, which unfortunately don't make the final edit. I think just for just for continuity and there's such a lot to pack in. So um, for me, I obviously know what happened in the tent. I know what happened to me and I've got a good idea what happened to my other bakers. But I don't know how that, I didn't know how that was going to be, what what aspects of that were going to be portrayed in the programme. Um, so it was actually quite nerve-wracking to watch it. And also, I know you're not allowed to mention it at all, but you know what happens at the end, don't you? I know what happens at the end. Um, it's a really, really exciting result, actually, yeah. But obviously, I'm absolutely sworn to secrecy. Understandable. That would ruin television for the next couple of months for people. So when it came to the actual things that you were going to bake, how did you decide what you were going to bake for Mary and Paul? Well, I'm given some criteria by the Bake Off. So obviously, um, week one was cake week. And we get some detail um, about, for example, this the showstopper was a chocolate cake challenge so we knew we had to make chocolate cakes and we knew we had to use at least two types of chocolate um, but within that the the world is your oyster really and you can use whatever you like as long as you can do it within the time constraints and baking on the bake-off is nothing like baking at home um, something that you think that you could knock up in 40 minutes takes about two hours um, I think it's partly to do with the environment there's a lot going on around you 
so you have to bear that the time factor is a huge one and actually adds a huge amount of pressure to it much more than perhaps I expected when I was deciding what to bake I the the signature bake is intended to be something that you've made before and perhaps a family favourite and the showstopper is intended to be something you haven't made before and something that you consider to be dazzling and so my baking was all influenced by things that I've grown things that I do grow um, kind of I like food that's kind of like a modern artisan things that are um, alive with the flavour of the ingredients kind of celebrate the raw ingredients so that was kind of my main guide on what I decided to do and I imagine if it was already pressure enough just doing the bakes that you've kind of done before, the technical bakes where you have no idea what you're doing must be must be intense when you're thinking about that. Uh, the technical bakes are intense, but also kind of really exciting. And again, we we know we, we don't know anything about what they're going to be. Uh, we don't even know before we stand on at our benches because it's all covered over, and then they uncover it immediately before. Um, but obviously in bread week we know it's probably going to be something with yeast in cake week it's going to be that kind of that kind of bake there is intense speculation immediately before as to what they might be but there is actually the predominant feeling is one of certainly for the bakers that we're all in it together and we need to all try and get each other through it as best we can um, so I think we're slightly discouraged, well, we're strongly discouraged from helping each other, but we do try and give each other a bit of a hand and a bit of a look. But actually, it is just, it's very exciting. Um, sometimes people get things they baked before. Mostly they try and choose things that none of us have ever baked, um, or rarely, or occasionally someone's done them, or maybe a few years ago, or that kind of thing. But no, that is that is quite nerve-wracking. I mean, you do have joined that bake, just Mel and Sue, who are there to assist you. Um, but they usually end up eating parts of people's ingredients or somebody looks for their garnish and then and Mel has just eaten it. But um, no, it's, it's really exciting, that part, actually. Really exciting. And actually, um, it, it sort of highlights another area of challenge in the competition in that you realise that if you bake things at home, you very rarely have somebody baking the so-called absolutely identical thing next to you. And so you do something and you look, you think, yeah, it looks pretty, pretty good. But then actually, if 10 or 11 or 12 people have all baked the same thing, there is direct comparison. And actually, that's a new thing. I suppose that's the nature of the competition, really. But that's, uh, that's kind of quite an interesting one. You can be quite pleased and then you see all the people and you're like, mm, maybe not so much. And so when you're in the tent and you're, you're baking things that maybe you've never baked before, does that sort of element of instinct come in? It is very different to baking at home in that way, in that you make decisions that you would not normally make. Um, you question all your decisions and there are people around you questioning your decisions. So things that you would automatically decide, you kind of... Yeah, you question everything. Of course, on the technical, you haven't got the full recipe. You've got the ingredients. You've usually got the amounts. Um, but some key element of of the um, technical recipe is left out. Um, so, but, but what you haven't got is the time to just think, what, well, hang on a minute, what is this and what have I done before and how would I check that? So, for example, with the muffins, uh, where I had a little bit of raw dough, that was partly a timing issue, but also... If you were at home, you would just clearly think that needs to be hotter and, and make comparisons. But there, there is the intense pressure to make a decision. And you've got to just come up with the answer. And then once you've done it, there is 
there is like no going back from it and you've just got to kind of see it through and sometimes you know you've made a wrong decision and you can see other people have all made a different one but you've just got to ride it out really and kind of do your best with it. I do love those bits on the show where you you come to a moment where you've got to make a decision and it can be something really small like what size bowl should I use and you just see people kind of like mental anguish over something so small. In a way that you would just never do at home and that you would just choose, for example, the size of the muffins. Um, We had all the different size cutters. And so you pick up one and think, yeah, that's the size that muffins are. But then you think, oh, maybe they want them a bit smaller. Maybe they're going to spread. Maybe they shrink. How do they rise? How do they prove? And you do get so that you're overanalyzing. And I think, obviously, there's... um, uh, it's a television program, and so they want you to verbalise your kind of mental processes, and so you you get even more involved in them, which not always in a good way. So that that is certainly one of the um, one of the biggest challenges of the technical, and the fact that if you think you've gone wrong, you can't start again. You just get one set of ingredients, and you get one go at it. So yeah. And you're also making either Mary's recipe or Paul's recipe for that person, which I imagine is just a bizarre thing as well. It is a bizarre thing. It's one of those things that you think about later and think, my goodness. But actually, Mary and Paul, I mean, they're obviously not there for the technical, they are there for the judging. Um, And they are incredibly encouraging of you. And they do want people to do well. And they actually give um, a long appraisal of each bake at the end, which is really interesting. And actually, you learn a lot, not just from what they say about your bake, but also what they say about the other people's bakes. Uh, and the way that they've done things. But of course, um, none of us like the bit after that where they start to say, this one's last, and you've got to put your hand up and say, that's fine. It's that kind of thing of, uh, you know you're going into a competition, but that point where they're going to point out all your all the things you did wrong and criticise you in front of everyone else who might have done a bit better. At the point of judging, because obviously with the other contestants, we get to know each other quite well because we spend a lot of time together over the course of filming for one episode. And so at the actual point of judging, maybe not so much the point of ranking, but at the point of judging, you just really want everyone to have done well because you just do not do not want anybody's bake kind of heavily criticised, really taken apart. And, and actually, people feel quite vulnerable when I was on BBC Breakfast, they told me that for their Christmas party, they'd got um, Mary and Paul in and they'd had a mock-up of the Great British Bake Off. And um, Charlie, who was who was uh, interviewing me, said him he actually, it, it feels a lot more personal than you think because at home you're like a loaf of bread, you think, yeah, that's pretty good. Your family all say, oh, yes, it's really nice, people really like it, happy to be given it. But actually, when um, Paul Hollywood starts saying, well, actually, it's underbaked or it's this or it's overproved or it's not brown enough, it feels actually really personal, like quite a personal criticism. And you, you feel compassion for the other bakers at the point of which theirs is being judged. But that's the kind of nice thing, I think, with it. It is a competition, but you can tell that the bakers aren't going to go, well, if I do this to this person, I can ruin their attempts. It's all, you're all there together. I saw all the bakers about two weeks ago, and I'm seeing them, all of them again this weekend. And, um, and actually, when we're together, we're just all really interested in baking. And we talk about it. We talk about what people are doing, what people have tried. That's kind of the nature of our discussion, really. So um, I think we're just all quite interested in it as a topic. And so that comes across in that, um, yeah, we generally, generally get on quite well. And you're all, well, I think quite a lot of you are on Twitter afterwards. And then whilst it's all going on, you can see people 
speaking about you, which I imagine must be even weirder than sort of Mary and Paul having judgments on your bakes. Um, it is really exciting to be on Twitter, join it. There's obviously a great temptation to um, follow Twitter and then you miss what's happened on the programme. But it's great to speak to each other. It's really nice to hear people have said the loveliest things. Um, people are so encouraging. I think the nature of people who watch the Bake Off um, generally love baking and want to see people do well. Yeah, it's quite exciting to be on, on Twitter, join it, actually. And is it a nice way of also keeping in touch with all the other bakers as well? Uh, we do keep in touch. We keep in touch away from Twitter as well. Um, and I think Twitter gets very much the bake-off element of it. And also we talk to each other in a slightly different way <laughs> about what has happened on our bakes. And we obviously know what's coming to the Twitter way. But yeah, it is a, it's a really great. It's really great. It's really great to hear what people, people um, think of your baking. But obviously there's also the element of they, the audience are seeing an aspect of it. Um, and we have perhaps got a broader aspect on that. We're sometimes surprised by what they show, but but broadly, um, no, it's really fun, really exciting, and brilliant. The social um, media aspect of the Bake Off is quite big actually, and um, yeah, adds a lot to adds a lot to watching it. And now, unfortunately, you were sort of went in week two, and so what was it like actually having to sort of leave the the Bake Off tent? It was okay, actually. I was okay about it. It was, I think, probably after the technical challenge, the muffins, I knew that I was leaving. Um, but I obviously knew I still had the showstopper to do. I had a feeling it wasn't going to go that well for me. So I thought, I've just got to do it. I um, I felt my showstopper bread was showstopping in that it had loads of ingredients that I'd grown myself. It had... Um, I make sourdough and I've made my own sourdough starter from um, apples that I grow in my own garden. It was kind of, I felt it was modern artisan. They felt it was boring. I suppose I felt I would have liked them to show a little bit more of that aspect of it. But that's, um, that's the bake-off really. And so what have you learned from being, on, uh, being in that little part of the bake-off then? It has certainly broadened my horizons of the range of ingredients in baking. Um, it's made me much more creative about recipes. I think uh, before I entered the Bake Off, I had always followed a recipe, maybe slightly adapted it, but broadly followed it. Um, but now I've got a much greater understanding of creating recipes and that for a lot of things, um, bread, cakes, all different pastries, that there is kind of, um, the, it's, it's a bit like, um, it's whether baking is, is sort of an art or a science and there is a scientific element to it in that certain proportions of ingredients must be dry, certain must be wet, this kind of thing. But then there's sort of a creativity in it in that um, within that there's a lot of flexibility and it's made me, it's really opened my mind to that actually. And I think they said, um, a popular belief is that if you change three significant elements of a recipe, um, not just adding a pinch of salt or a slight flavour tweak, but three significant elements, then it's considered to be a new recipe. Um, so I suppose I'm much more, well, I like to think adept, but I'm certainly much more interested in um, creating new recipes of my own with, with the ingredients that I've got rather than just following ones, which I think is probably what I did before. And outside of the Bake Off, you're a gardener. So you have this kind of more, I would imagine more of an understanding of ingredients and things that you can grow and, and incorporate in in food as well. And so did that help you with coming up with recipes and coming up with how to approach the show? 
I am a gardener. I grow lots of fruit and vegetables. I'm passionate about doing that. I um I try to I try to be seasonal. Where I couldn't be seasonal, I try to use things that were in seasonal in season together. Uh, so, for example, in week one, um, I use figs and blackberries, which are obviously kind of early autumn, late summer fruits together in time, which is a, around a lot of that time of year. And also, I when I plan my recipes, I basically thought about fruit or vegetables that I was keen to use and then plant it around that so that was probably the essence of of the start of each of the things that I planned. And so has your sort of I don't know if it would have your idea of things that you've learned from Bake Off uh, had an impact on things that you like growing as well now? It has had an impact on things that I like growing I mean um, I am just about to, I've been looking at this week, I'm thinking about growing grapefruits. I've already, I've always kind of, uh, I haven't done, I've never gone down the lemon and orange route because I quite often see people who've got um, citrus plants, them just looking quite dusty in the front room. <laughs> it's always put me off. Um, but actually, inspired by one of the other bakers, I'm thinking grapefruits might be might be the way forward. I'm also trying to grow um kind of a few more exotic things. I've got a pomegranate, which I've had for a couple of years, and it's survived some very snowy winters, but has never fruited, not that surprisingly. And I'm also thinking of giving another go to nectarines. I've, um, I had a nectarine until earlier this year, um, but they, it kind of popular opinion was that you can't grow nectarines in the north, and it appeared to be correct. Um, but I'm thinking of giving that another go, actually. I'm a bit more informed about that, and I'm uh, quite keen to use some of that in baking. One of the reasons I sort of liked uh, I would like you to come on the show was because you are sort of local-ish to Lincoln and being over in Grimsby. Did you at all ever feel like you wanted to represent Grimsby in uh, and what kind of flavours and things that Grimsby has on uh, the Bake Off? I certainly wanted to grow thing, uh, use things that I could grow locally. Um, I actually had uh, quite an interesting conversation with Mary Berry, who is a really keen gardener. Paul Hollywood is not; he hates gardening. <laughs> and doesn't ever want to talk about it uh, and will discourage Mary and I from talking about it but she's a really keen gardener and she talked about things that she could grow in her garden that I would that I couldn't grow that I would struggle to grow um, here so I, I did try and bring that element of it and I did try and use things that I could that I had either grown or that I do grow at other times of year um, that's feasible to grow in Lincolnshire because actually the difference between um Growing in the south and growing in the north is is phenomenal. In fact, um, when I was uh, training in horticulture, I volunteered for Sarah Raven, who um, writes the uh, Daily Telegraph, and she gardens in Sussex. And I also worked um, at Kew Gardens. And the difference between the things that they can grow outside and the things that we can grow really realistically surprised me. The summers just seemed... Um, significantly hotter, significantly longer, and just generally a much warmer temperature, much more than I'd realised, actually. Yeah, I, I, I actually often, um, when I read now about um, what you can grow where, I, I don't think enough is made um, of the difference between growing in the, in the north and south, really, in that I think it has a significant impact on what you grow and how well it grows. And so what would you say was the best part in taking part in the Bake Off? The best part was a combination of having Mary and Paul's feedback, which was really exciting and actually brilliant to be around loads of inspirational bakers. Um, but the other absolutely brilliant part was Mel and Sue. And you were saying earlier that they were kind of 
one of the reasons that kind of spurred you into entering? Uh, well, when I initially thought about entering, uh, whilst watching it one night last year, um, I thought I would like to meet them. So I thought it might be... Uh, I, obviously, I didn't for a million years think that it would actually happen. But that was kind of like the trigger, uh, yeah, for those two. And actually, they were even more brilliant than I hoped. Um, everybody adored them, including me. And what was the worst part? I think um, the most disappointing part for me was that I felt that my final bread was a showstopper and I felt that it was a showstopper in a different way. Um, So it wasn't shaped like an animal and it didn't have tentacles or um, it wasn't six foot tall or blue or anything like that. But it was, um, I thought it was really special. I thought the ingredients were really special. Um, I thought using wild yeast was quite interesting. I thought that the, I thought it was decorative. I thought it was glamorous. I thought it um, kind of reflected what they wanted in a bake. Um, So it was disappointed that maybe it wasn't the Bake Off way, really. And how has sort of life been post Bake Off? Um, Really fun, still baking, still gardening. Uh, doing a little bit of freelance garden writing, which I'm really passionate about, so I'm loving that. Um, still seeing the bakers at a big baking show this weekend. Um, yeah, really good, really exciting actually, definitely a positive experience. What kind of lesson would you want other people to take from things like the baker? I think a surprisingly huge number of people like baking are really interested in it, are either really into it in quite a scientific way, or just enjoy doing it at home with their children or with their families. Um, I think people enjoy the sharing aspect of it. Um, and I would just encourage people to to, to have a go, really, and, and also to probably be a bit more ambitious. On 107.3 FM, this is Siren FM.